Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. That's my man Patrick plays uh, jams that are intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. And, uh, well, if you're an NBA fan and your team lost over the weekend, you might have had a tough weekend. There was just a lot of surprising um, early uh, playoff outcomes in the NBA that we'll get to. You had some upsets, uh, and it uh, looks like the NBA playoffs off to a rocking start. So we'll get to that coming up here in just a second. You can be a part of the show. Spec Text Line is the best way to do it, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter, Hard is at Hardball Hard, Any Twitterverse, Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. You want to reach him, the real MVP. All right, let's get to NBA news, notes, and nuggets here, gentlemen. Uh, we're starting on the West Coast because the West Coast seems to be right now where you have a, a lot of drama happening on the West Coast uh, with a lot of different teams. And, of course, all the California teams made it actually for the first time in the history of the NBA or at least the NBA in California. So they've had four, uh, four teams. All of the teams made it. And that's what will kind of start the drama because I thought the best game – over the weekend, probably the best game that we've seen so far in the playoffs, and obviously hasn't been uh, a very uh, long playoff run so far. Just had to play in, and then the first round just started this past weekend. But the 126-123 win uh, by Sacramento over the Warriors. Now, granted, the Warriors are one of the worst teams in the, on the road in the NBA. They are. They're horrible. I thought they were actually going to pull this one out, though. It looked like it was trending. Everybody did. They were yeah. like, uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. It right? was trending that way. And, man, the, the Kings decided. They, the Kings basically just answered, and they decided to really uh, play clutch down the stretch. Uh, and I, I thought it was interesting that when you start looking at the this Kings squad right now, I mean, and I didn't realize this either, just doing research on them, they have the most efficient offense in NBA history in the regular season. Right. That's why I kept saying. Like, in history. Like when you watch them play, if you've ever watched them, and I know Patrick has watched them a lot, and I've got a chance to watch them because I've been a big fan of De'Aaron Fox. And they haven't been on TV a lot, so no, if you haven't watched them, you got, got the NBA, package. Yeah, I got like, a package yeah, too. Like Patrick and yeah. Harge do. Yeah, so, like Zay does too. Yeah, exactly. But you sit there and you watch these guys play, and you're like – They've been like this the entire year. When they made yeah. the trade for Sabonis, yep. that was a huge part of of getting them in the right direction. And De'Aaron Fox has grown so much as a basketball player. And Mike Brown has given him the green light to do whatever he wants. Yeah. And he's taken full advantage of it. He's played at a very, very high level. But And Harrison Barnes has been around. And Patrick brought this up a couple weeks ago or right before the playoffs was getting ready to start, you brought up that Murray kid. Yeah. The Murray kid is very efficient with his game. Yeah. And so when you start looking at what they were able to do and how they participate with each other, there's no egos on that team. Not, because, not a one. Because you, you know we're playing in Sacramento. There's not a lot we're of all here for a reason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're all playing to get out of Sacramento. So when they get a chance to go out there and they play, and I'm just glad uh, it wasn't uh, – what's my guy's name? Who? Anthony. It wasn't Anthony Edwards-esque. Oh. But if you get a chance to watch the Air Fox. Oh, no, you're right. Just, no, no, no. He's legit sure now. He, he didn't let you down. And guess where he's from? H-Town. Oh, thank yeah. you. No, he wasn't 255. I thought you were going to say 255. 
possible? I was giving, I was giving you not? love. I'm gonna say we should start recruiting the two five four. Oh, we definitely need to do that. We definitely need to yeah, do that. No, Most I mean, of them are going to Waco. Though. And, and that's the thing you see. Keegan Murray is behind uh, Ben Carroll, probably the most NBA ready guy to come in this this rookie class. Yep. So he's been able to make an impact this year. And then you throw in the fact that. He wasn't playing great in that game, but Malik Monk comes in uh, yes. and has They're a so huge fast. game off the bench. They're yeah. so fast. They play so fast. Yeah. They're deep. And, and with a guy like Sabonis, too, you can have rim protection on one side and he can stretch the court on the other side, which opens up the paint for a De'Aaron Fox and a Malik Monk to drive the basket. Yeah, and because of the like the, the dribble handoff yep. that they love so much, he actually has been a de- decent assist man, too. They run the offense through him every now and then because yeah. of the dribble handoff. It is. They, I, I haven't watched a ton. This is kind of my first time really getting to check out the Sacramento Kings and I'll admit man I am it, it's it's a, it, they're fun to watch yeah. Like it's an they're an entertaining team to watch. You Very just don't have the so. star power exactly. that you need to get with, but if you just you, you just take the celebrity aspect out of it, that is a really fun product. So there's a little stat for you. So uh in game one, now their first round series versus Golden State, they scored just fifty five points on fifty four first half possessions. Um, after they scored just two points on their first four possessions of the third quarter, the Kings were down ten. And at that point, that's when everybody was like, ah, oh, man, looks like the Warriors. They're going to break the streak. They can flip that switch. <laughs> yeah, you know how to flip that switch, man. They're flipping yeah. that switch. Yep. But then the Kings just started, I mean, they started running, too, actually. It started, cause it, and they talked about it, too. Mike Brown was like, no, 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 we want to run. Like, yep. we want to get yep. out. And who says they want to run against Golden State? I guess Golden State's old, though. They're, they're, they're a different young, squad now. Yeah, yep. we think about a young Golden State. You don't run against a young Golden State, mm-hmm. but against an old, aging Golden State? You do want to get out and run because they got young legs, and that's exactly what they did. So how about this? Uh, if you look at over the final 22 minutes of game one, they scored 65 points on their final 43 possessions of the game. Yep. So they scored 55 points on their 54 first-half possessions, and then they scored just two points on their first four possessions of the third quarter. They were down 10 points, and then they just went category five. On Golden State, 65 points in 43 possessions on the last 43 possessions of the game. Um, that is pretty much what led them to victory. They they went they went thermonuclear 60, on the Warriors. 60 points in the paint. <sighs> 60 points in the paint. Now, everybody, when you think of paint, you're thinking all these different types of big men. And no, they were just being quick enough to get past your guy and get into the rim, getting a bunch of layups, the mm-hmm. mid range shot. Free throw line extent. I mean, they were getting after these guys, and they're not afraid to push the push the pedal to the metal and get up and down the floor. Yeah, no, I was impressed with Sacramento. That's going to be a fun series. Oh yeah, that's going if, if the Golden State's going to play like that because on the road, that's really their Achilles heel all season. But they can play like that on the road. Uh, that Golden State team uh, might be in trouble. They play tonight. TNT tonight. And I believe Clay and Steph have never been down 0-2 together. That's, they've never been down. When they play together, they've never been down 0-2. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, those are two of the best to ever yeah, do it. Yeah, you know, exactly. They're champions. That, so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they they'll go, they figure out no a way feet. to shoot it. That's right. They ain't no easy feat. But shout out to Mike Brown. Mike Brown being part of the oh, yeah. Golden State Warriors staff for mm. the past couple of years and then going over – to Sacramento and ch- changing that entire franchise. As we talked about, they're 23 and 18 at home. They get to light the beam when them wins that they get, which I think is pretty <laughs> doggone cool, man. I saw it. Okay, I finally saw the beam. It does shoot up pretty high. Yeah. yeah. 
Like it is, no, like, they they were showing it earlier, and it's like you can go back further and further. Like, oh, you can see it from the whole city. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, it, it, it looks like a bat signal the, kind of thing. That's lighting the tower. Yeah, that's no, lighting the tower. I thought it was like a little beam. Like, no, no they, they spent some money on yeah, that. Yeah, they did. They did. And 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 that's coincided with their success, monumental, you know, exactly. historic season. That's so right. now the beam is everything. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm part of all that purple out there. Though. That's what it's about. Uh, no question. So Sacramento keeping it going, and you're right. That's going to be a good game tonight uh, to watch because Sacramento they they really are. It's kind of house money they're yep. playing with because they they're young. They've never really been here before. I don't think. Is it, how, anybody on that squad? How many guys on that squad have made a playoff run? I think the only one. I don't know if it's actually a run. They've oh, probably just been in the playoffs. Yeah. I think Sabonis, Sabonis right? Sabonis, I think Sabonis, be Sabonis probably did it. Harrison Barnes has probably yeah, done Harrison it before. Barnes. Yeah, because he was uh, with Golden State. Right, Trey Lyles played for the Spurs, so he has done it before. Okay. Herder was on that Hawks team that was good. So they have guys that have a little bit of experience. Okay. but Not that to was, this point. No, but, but their big guy, Darren Fox, is not. Like, yeah. That was his first playoff game. And he yeah. wanted, He was like up there. He didn't set a record, but he was like in the top five all time in points scored in their playoff first playoff yes. appearance. Yeah, with 40. First, first playoff Or 38. Appearance. He played. Yeah. He got 38 points. And Malik Monk came off the bench with 32 points. They yeah. are so fast with the basketball. Deep. They're yes. deep, they're yes. fast, and they're, like I said, I never thought I'd say it. Sacramento's fun to watch. <laughs> exactly. We just hadn't watched a lot of them. They, yep. don't, they don't put them on TV a lot, and I maybe they just weren't real believers in Sacramento, but uh, some really uh, really fun product. All right, let's go to another West Coast team, the Lakers, also surprised. And this may be the biggest surprise, but when you start thinking about how the game played out and John Morant dealing with the injury, uh, by the way, he's not the only star mm-hmm. in the playoff dealing with an injury. Um, you also have uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. He's dealing with a back bruise, like a lower back mm-hmm. bruise, like a tail, almost a tailbone bruise. I think he fell like on his tailbone. Uh, no structural damage or anything. So uh, the uh, the X-rays came back. Uh, you know, essentially from that perspective, that's good news. But he's going to be dealing with the bruise for a while, so I think it's just a swelling and then pain management after that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, getting back to the Lakers. The Lakers, the reason they beat Memphis 128 to 112, the John Morant injury, really changed the complexion of that game. Memphis is one of the best, no, actually, they are the best home team in the NBA. If you're looking at home record, they're 35 and 6 at home during the regular season, uh, but without John Morant, and actually, some of that was done without John, uh, yep. but without John Morant in the playoffs, they are, they are not the same team, and the Lakers. Uh, they made easy work of Memphis because they had some man. They had some unlikely uh, reserve step up and oh, have huge games. Oh my goodness, Austin Reeves, baby! Austin Reeves going out there playing playing free on the basketball court. I keep comparing him, and it's kind of crazy that I keep comparing him to uh, Alex Caruso and what he meant to the to the Lakers during their little run. And Caruso ended up going and getting paid in Chicago, and so he's dealing with that. But when you watch Austin Reeves and the freeness that he was playing with and the confidence LeBron and AD have in him. They do have they, confidence. They in. let him go out there and be free with the basketball and credit to Darvin Ham recognizing, hey, man, this guy is hot. We're going to use LeBron as a decoy. And if we need to get the ball to him, we'll do that. But the way that they played and the way that they battled, and Anthony Davis, what do you call him, street clothes? Street clothes Davis. He was almost <laughs> close to being street clothes again because <laughs> yep. everybody was like, oh, my God, he's hurt again. But he ended up finishing out the game. We don't know what his status is going to be, but he ended up playing the entire he's not, time. He's not currently on the injury report. So that's so, good. So that's a good that's sign. That's a good sign. That, they, that he's not currently on the injury street report. Street clothes? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, if you look, he's also had a huge plus-minus number in that. I think yep. it was plus 27 in that game. Ooh. Yep. So he was just – he was very effective when he was on the court. 
And I think we saw, too, him and the ability for some of these guys to get to the paint. Steven Adams being out yes. is a big loss defensively mm. for, for Memphis, and they're going to have to figure out a way to stop some of these bigger guys getting down because Dylan Brooks can guard a guard, but he can't stop Anthony Davis. Right. He's not stopping uh, Achimura. He's not stopping any of those guys, and he can't really stop Austin Reeves either. No, he can't because so, he's not quick enough. And so you got all those guys that are able to put up points and get to the basket. They're going to have to figure out a way to play better defense because you just can't allow 128 points in a game, in a playoff game. Especially to the Lakers. Yeah. The Lakers who don't play like that anymore. New look Lakers, now, though. Are they trying to get there? I mean, but Hachimura, that's crazy. Yeah, no doubt. And you look at what Dylan Brooks was able to mm-hmm. do. He played 29 minutes. He was 2 of 9 from 3. Mm-hmm. His plus minus was minus 18. He wasn't the worst. Uh, one of the guys coming off the bench was minus 23. But you look at what his mouth always seems to get him in trouble, and he wants yeah. to be that arrogant guy. And like I said before, Jaws talking about uh, the um, we're good in the West. We're not worried about the West. We're more worried about the East. Uh, he, and now you're dealing with your injury. I don't know what he's going to be able to do. Yeah, because well, that when he failed, his wrist looked terrible. Yeah, we don't, I don't know the de- we got details about the extent of it yet, and why would they release too many details about it? Not already? yet. But that's if Jaws hurt. Or if Jaws can't, if he, basically if Ja cannot go, uh, or if he's fifty to sixty percent, something like that, mm-hmm. man, the Lakers, they may end up, you know, having an easy uh, path through the first round, if you will, of this no thing. Especially if it's Ja Morant, uh, who is their star, if he's going to be out or if he's going to be ailing with an injury. But uh, I, I can't believe these guys are stepping up for the for the Lakers, man. Just they have so many just unlikely players that are stepping mm-hmm. up huge roles. Hachimura had twenty nine points. A career high, by the way, um, but he missed one shot. I think in the basically one of his last, I think in one of his last nine shots, he missed only one of those in the second half. So he was on fire uh, the entire game, basically. Um, and you have Austin Reeves with twenty three points, nine of those in the closing minutes. They they really have had these young guys step up and have clutch, you know, clutch play in those big time moments. And that's what they need. LeBron now and A D, it's not too much of a burden on them to have to carry the squad, carry the offense, um, carry the defense, if you will, on both ends of the floor. No, they got guys making plays, young guys yep. making plays, providing them with a lot of juice and providing the spark. So I see why everybody at least not everybody, a lot of people jumped on the Lakers bandwagon. Quickly. After the trade and the trade, they did make all the right moves. I mean, they look like a different team altogether than they look to start the year. So Lakers get a big win to start on the road to start the playoffs. Uh, 128-112 win uh, versus Memphis on the road. Also, the other L.A. team, the Clippers, got a big win. We talked about them earlier. That was a big win. You talked about the disappointment (laughs) in your household. Yeah. On both, With, you know, there was happiness and there was tears on the other one. Yeah, the yin yeah. and the yang. That's right. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Clippers beat the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and it was mostly because Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and we haven't been paying a ton of attention to Kawhi Leonard. Or at least we haven't talked about it. you guys. I know watch a lot of NBA. We haven't talked about it a lot. He is now playing at top five, top MVP three level. Yeah, top three type player levels again. Yep. And maybe wait, maybe times it out perfectly with. with with you know all the uh, different ways that they try to save him for the playoffs and any load management, all that kind of stuff. Whatever they're doing, it's working. Yeah. Right now it's working. Tyron Lue has done a good job of, like you said, managing him. You're looking at it. Uh, playoff Paul ain't there. You know, playoff P is not even playing and may not play 
this entire series, mm-hmm. and they were able to get it. And for Kawhi, it looks like he that that load management throughout the year. Now he's playing every minute, almost every minute of the game. He gets in, and then he he'll take a quick break, and then go right back into the game, which is very impressive, especially for a guy that didn't look like he even wanted to play basketball a few years ago. Yeah, well, he's playing now. He's and man, he can shoot. Man. He, he, oh yeah, he's shooting. Well, since the All Star break, shooting forty five percent from three point range, fifty four percent from the field. Um, Suffocating and, defense too. Ask KD. Yeah. He had 25 of his 38 points in the second half. And KD, KD, KD's actually, this year was the first player ever to average 55%, 40%, and 90% shooting splits in the regular mm-hmm. season. And Kawhi can just. He takes it make away. Him, make, him a, make him a non-factor yeah. in the game. Takes it away from That's you, man. That's amazing. It, it is so crazy to me. And you can see because Kevin Durant normally can get any shot any that shot he wants. He wants. Not not against Kawhi and Kawhi's so physically big and his hand and wingspan is so much and it, it's like golly you can't move the way you want to against him. No, too long, too rangy to get around. Yep. And and now and by the way, the basketball IQ because he spent so much damn time with Pop yep. is now through the roof as well. Yeah, and, and I mean, <laughs> and then you also throw in the fact that this this Phoenix team had to give up players to get. Kevin yep. Durant, so they don't really have any depth the anymore. Depth they, yeah. And we saw that when the Clippers started to put in their subs, they just started to get away because the Clippers or because the Suns were getting tired. They were, you know, you get frustrated because you're getting guarded by Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard pretty much the whole game. And the Clippers were able to put some fresh guys in, run the ball a little bit more, and get some easy shots up and, yep. and get the gain the lead there. When they brought in Ish Wainwright, I was like, come on, man. <laughs> this dude was a football player. At one point in his life, he was like Rico Gathers. <laughs> and now he's over there. He's over there. I mean, he's got a lot of physicality, but to Patrick's point, he can't run with those guys. When they start to mm-hmm. get up and down the floor, he's not the answer. And when they see him come in, that's exactly what they started to do. They yep. started to get up and down the floor. Uh, yeah, to Patrick's point about the depth, uh, man, the Clippers' last 10 games, their, and their bench was actually really good during the regular season, actually. Their bench ranked number one in offensive rating in the regular season uh, and three-point percentage. Uh, their bench was also number one. They were third in scoring average and field goals made during the regular season, and their bench was fourth in assists. So the Clippers have got a great bench, but the last 10 games, that bench is averaging 47 points a game. Man. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hell of a number. Say it again. That's Damn. Like, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, but to this point, that's how deep they are. Yep. Uh, you got to battle that depth. Um, okay, we come back. We got to talk about the NFL gentleman. Jalen Hurts signed Dallas. a brand new deal. Speaking of, damn. <laughs> <laughs> that deal also, he signed, may also make you repeat that word. Uh, he signed a big deal making him uh, the highest paid quarterback on annual salary in the NFL. We'll talk about what that means for the quarterback market right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Nine Horn.
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie when Patrick plays jams intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. Somebody who had a great weekend, Jalen Hurts. Oh, yes, long. A magnificent weekend because he signed a deal um, with the Eagles that made him a lot of straight cash, homie. A five-year, $255 million contract extension. Uh, the deal is worth $179.3 million in total guarantees. $210 million was guaranteed at signing, so that was his signing bonus. $126.5 million fully guaranteed by March 2024 uh, total there. So if you want to look at it and how it breaks down, Compared to the rest of the contracts in the NFL, highest average annual salary, Hertz is at fifty-one million. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at fifty point two million. Russell Wilson at forty-eight point five million, and Kyler Murray at forty-six point one million. Deshaun Watson right behind him at forty-six million. If you're looking at largest total value of your NFL contract, Mahomes, uh, he obviously uh, is way ahead of everybody else. He's at four hundred fifty million total. Remember, that's a ten-year deal though. And then Josh Allen at two hundred fifty-eight million. Hurts at $255 million, so he's third there. And most guaranteed at signing, um, Hurts would be third with the $110 million. Russell Wilson was ahead of him at $124 million, and uh, Deshaun Watson was ahead of him first at $230 million uh, that was guaranteed at the signing. So, Harge, looks like he got his money, and, uh, and he pointed this out, too, about the salary cap hits. Yep. So give Howie Roseman a ton of credit because the 2023 cap hit – for Jalen Hurts will be just six point one million. Twenty four cap hit will be thirteen point five million, and a twenty five cap hit will be twenty one point seven million, and twenty six cap hit thirty one point seven million. That's beautiful, man. So that's great work by them, and you're getting them as you talk about. You're getting them in his prime years. He's still learning the game. He's not even at that level yet where you can call him seasoned as a quarterback. And for you to be able to do it. At this rate, and I know the sticker shock is $255 million, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, oh, my gosh. But when you start seeing it spread out and how it gets broken down, you truly understand this is a franchise quarterback. This is a guy that next week, I'm sure, or next season, if he struggles, everybody's going to lose. He shouldn't have got that money. <laughs> oh, look at it. Y'all just wasted the money. No, it is what the market is dictating, and they actually got ahead of it. They got they ahead did. of the fact that, yeah. hey, we got him now. He, was, he wasn't a first-rounder, to yeah. your point of what you were saying about Joe Burrow, why mm-hmm. they couldn't wrap him up. He was not a first-rounder, nope. and they got him now where it's like we're going to get the best years of him, and if we got to let him go later because the market's going to continue to change, mm-hmm. it's going to continue to go up, salary cap numbers are going to go up as well. So they did the right thing by locking this quarterback up. Yeah, they definitely did. And I do wonder, you know, people, I don't know, they look at the quarterback market and they try to find, like, ration, rationale in it. Like, they try mm-hmm. to find rationale in it. And, it it's, and I understand they want to try to justify why players are paid what they're paid. And there's got to be some reason behind it. And the truth is, it's just precedent. And other than the Sean Watson deal, which has been ignored, um, it really is just, hey, man, Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. He's their franchise quarterback, which is all that matters. And once a team commits to you as their franchise quarterback, they're going to pay you when you're up for an extension. And they have to pay you what the market uh, says the 
quarterback, a franchise quarterback worth. Not that quarterback, right. but what a franchise quarterback is worth. And that's where the conversation starts. I, I'm not saying I agree with it. That's just the reality of it. The truth is, and, and this is not going to burst, by the way. This is this quarterback bubble won't burst. This isn't like the the, the housing market. Right. All right, worried about oh man, is the bubble going to burst here in Austin? Man, the housing market it just seems to keep being coming more and more inflated. It seems to be growing more and more. One day the bubble's got to burst. One day maybe it will burst. Actually, some of the uh, economists out there say the bubble's not going to burst. Actually, actually, that it's got a lot of That's factors. That's why people keep moving say, here yeah, too. It's not going to burst anytime soon. So if you're waiting on the bubble to burst in Austin, you may be waiting for it really, really. <laughs> long time but the quarterback market is also not going to burst because it's just, it, the NFL is not designed the way as, as my man Harsh mentioned the salary cap will continue to increase because now they have legalized sports betting oh revenue my gosh. that is just infusing tons of capital into the NFL salary cap so it's going to grow exponentially actually over the next five or six years now this is the conversation the NFL is going to have to have should we should we mm-hmm. and could we depending on the CBA and the language in it could we take the quarterback position away from the salary cap altogether and just say, you know what, salary cap and head coach, separate things altogether. You pay your quarterback what the hell you want to pay him because the salary cap, we can't keep up with it in the salary and cap. And if you don't have a good quarterback, nobody's going to tune into your TV to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think so? Exactly. Yeah. Now, that's the only thing I can think of that may wanna that may change the quarterback market a little bit and then mm-hmm. moderate it as it relates to the salary cap. But if you're waiting on the quarterback market to burst, then I got to tell you, it ain't happening. So at the hardest point – Howie Roseman and every other GM that gets ahead of the quarterback market and signs their quarterback ASAP, they win. They do win. Like the the uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick yep. Mahomes, yep. Jalen Hurts and Howie Roseman, they win. If you're the Cowboys and you waited for uh, an extra year or so to do it, then exactly. you probably lost because you lost about, I don't know, five to, I don't know, eight million dollars in quarterback value. You probably could have saved by just signing him sooner rather than later. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, and the Ravens the, are there now. And that's where the Ravens were. You should have yeah. tried to sign him right after. Well, you couldn't because of what you said about the number one pick over. I mean, not number one pick, the but first the first round, round pick. Yeah. But as soon as that opportunity came where you could have put an extension on him, Did you should have done that. Yep. You should have done that. And he won the MVP for you. Yeah. So there's so many things that if you're planning ahead, you could have got ahead of this market. And now mm. you're going to pay the price for it. Yeah. One way or another, whether with him being your quarterback or without him being your quarterback, you're going to pay the price for it. Today's price is not yesterday's price. Yes, sir. Tomorrow's price is not today's price. So it, it yep. is what it is. got to pay that. And I think he did a great job. This is why people also think the salary cap isn't real. They think the salary cap is like a figment. Of, exactly. of the C, of, of, of the CBA and the language of the CBA, it's actually not necessarily a real thing because there are ways. If you are smart enough, there are ways to. Uh, I won't say. I must say manipulate the salary cap. Mm-hmm. That sounds wrong. Maneuver. Maneuver. I like manipulate. Manipulate. Now, manipulate, <laughs> manipulate, I believe, is actually against the CBA. Like, I think you actually violate CBA by manipulating the salary cap. But maneuvering the salary cap, hey, that's all good. It's like taxes, right? You know, you, if you, you know, if you try to evade taxes, that's illegal. But avoiding taxes, that's perfectly legal. There are people out there right now who are CPAs. They specialize. Their expertise is tax avoidance. They will say it out loud. I, my job is to help you avoid taxes. Tax avoidance is perfectly legal. Tax evasion. Asian will have you in jail. So, same thing. Right? I need an avoidance. You want avoidance. You want to avoid it, but you don't want to evade it. Yep. So, the same thing. You want to maneuver the salary cap, but not manipulate it. And Howie Roseman, damn, he's maneuvering the hell out of the salary cap <laughs> on this he one. ever. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, like he that. did a great job with that. And there's going to be some other guys that are going to have to have 
that conversation here coming up pretty soon. Joe Burrow. Are, Joe Burrow's going to be one. Justin Herbert's going to be another. Mm-hmm. And you continue to go down the line of the quarterbacks who everybody truly enjoys and think that they have the highest upside. Think about what's going to end up happening with uh, Justin Fields, too. Justin Fields is going to be another one because his numbers continue to get better, and he's going to be one of those electric people. Now he's going to have a wide receivers with him. He's going to have playmakers with him on the outside, and if they draft properly, get him some protection on the offensive line, he's going to be another guy that we're going to be looking at here in the next couple years and be like, who's going to pay that guy? You're right. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Uh, Texas says those cap numbers are not adding up to the total contract. They never do. They never do. It's all about – it really is. You got you to gotta have yourself a capologist who knows, just like a really good CPA knows, how to maneuver yep. the salary cap. And some are way better than others. They just are. I need to they're talk just, to a couple of them. Yeah, they're just way better <laughs> than others. And like I said, the, the, the Cowboys don't really worry about that because they, they, they deal with a lot of homegrown talent. A lot of their talent is homegrown. If you're dealing with teams like the Eagles, who exhaust every possible means to acquire talent, they're always in. They're always active in free agency. They're always active in the trade market. You know, they they build through the draft too. They also love undrafted free agents. And you got to learn because of all those different values. It's almost where you can hide money. People hide money in contracts too. Oh, for sure. That's why you're like, oh, they overpaid that guy. Like, no, they're gonna restructure that oh, guy. They, yeah, they that, overpaid him now, but they're gonna restructure him down the line. Or they front loaded this deal, but yes. they're gonna back load another deal. Yeah. They're just they're just putting money in place. I've, I'm with you. A lot of people just say it ain't real. They yeah. say, man, honestly, it's just not real. Yep. That's why the NFL really doesn't. They don't punish teams. When was the last time the NFL team got punished for manipulating the salary cap? No. Yeah. Exactly. I think the 49ers got it like in 1994 when it first came out. <laughs> they were basically they, they were basically like paying players and like just straight up violating the salary cap. But other than that, not a lot, a lot of teams get punished for. Violating the salary cap. The Texans recently did it because they were paying for like hotel rooms for Deshaun Watson at the Houstonian. Hello. So that was like a violation. That's why they was hiding that money. Yeah, it was a violation <laughs> of the salary cap because they basically gave him a benefit through some other means that could have been considered should have been considered part of his his salary or his contract. Yep. So it happens every now and then, but it's very rare. The NFL is like, nah, do what you want to do. We made it vague on purpose yep. <laughs> to allow you flexibility to find loopholes. The NFL wants you to find loopholes in their salary cap. It's like it's like it's like the same thing with the tax code. Uncle Sam wants you to find loopholes. He does. Yep. That's why he put them all in there. There's a lot of really rich people out there that are benefiting from them right now. You're just too poor to find the loopholes. They ain't gonna get you. I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm trying to find them, and I don't, <laughs> I don't gonna, have enough money gotta, to find them. You gotta have enough money to go pay somebody that knows that tax code yep. up and down that can find the loopholes, particularly for your lifestyle and your Agreed. tax bracket. Agreed. And they're, they're basically the same minds that are capologists in the NFL. And they're just finding loophole at the loophole. Well, they say one of these brothers ain't like the other one. Yeah. yeah. And, and remember, Patrick told us about one uh, that the Rams found, the cash River yep. cap thing. Yep. They found a little yep. loophole, and they were like, oh, man, this is cool. They just give it. They basically, they, they basically decide to pay more of their contracts in cash with basically like signing bonuses and yep. with guaranteed cash, mm-hmm. front load everything, and then basically it makes their salary cap hit a little bit lower. That's what I've been talking about forever is like all this stuff can be taken care of when they give them the signing bonuses. Yeah. All the money but when that's you the give deal signing bonuses. It's all about signing bonus, but then stretched out over five years. Mm, yes, sir. So on your cap hit, it gets spread out over five years, but the guys, you're actually only really paying him for two years. Right. But those other three are there to just even out, so it makes it so it's only like a $8 million cap hit, 
when you're really paying a guy $25 million. Hey, guys, it's called balancing the books. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Businesses do it all the time. I got to yep. balance the books. I got to put this money here to put this money. Okay, that, it, 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 it's amazing to me. I, cause I, want, I want somebody to sit down with me and one day break it all down. But every time somebody does, I'm more confused. Right. It's, it does. So it's, and to Patrick's point about the cash flow cap thing, you got to have liquid capital to do yep. it, though. That's why every owner do. Exactly. You got to have cash. You got to have liquid to pay that money up front, cash mm-hmm. up front. If you have the liquid capital, you can do it. Not everybody can do that. But once again, that's another loophole. It's like paying cash for stuff. Ask people out there. You pay a lot of cash for stuff. You can find out. You can get a lot more breaks. Oh. <laughs> uh, you can get a lot of cheap. You can get a lot cheaper rates on things. If I'm paying cash up front. Don't you when you buy your cars? Say, I'm paying cash. I'm buying a house. I'm paying cash. Oh, we'll give it to you a lot cheaper. Oh, yeah. Same thing with the salary yep, cap. Yep, you paying yep. cash up front, you get it, you get the player cheaper. Look like life is good. That's right. <laughs> but you got to have the cash. Yeah. And the, you know who doesn't? Patrick's Raiders. <laughs> nope. <laughs> or my Texans. I don't know. Texans. All right. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Put it in the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful Nine the Horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's good. That is- mm-hmm. Pop a top again. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. All right, all right. What you got on tap for tonight? NBA basketball. Damn this right. is playoff time. Mm-hmm. I want to get all into it, and I can't wait to watch Sacramento and Golden State go at it again tonight. Uh, yeah, I thought it was the best game of the postseason that they had last that first game and hopefully uh they can kind of replicate some of those competitive results uh uh patrick what you got on tap tonight brother you know we're watching the nba playoffs <laughs> yeah patrick's giddy about it he should be this is his favorite time of they the gotta year. light the beam tonight uh, <laughs> light the beam man wait, wait light one beam hey, like I I said, steph and clay have never been down on two together yeah never that's a great point so it'll, it'll be historic if the sacramento kings can do they, that. they are, are on the road though and they, they are, are a yeah, terrible road team. They've never been this bad on the road. It's all <laughs> exactly. It's, they're historically bad. Like actually, I'll, I'll have the numbers tomorrow because it's I, historically I, bad. No, it's like research. You've done like the comparisons there in terms of the difference between home and road records. Yep. They have one of the biggest disparities in the history of the NBA, which is not good. Not good. Though. So we'll get <laughs> to that. But you're right. Lots of NBA tonight. Uh, so I'm gonna watch some NBA tonight too, and uh, we'll come back tomorrow and be able to break down of the NBA action. If you missed any part of any of the shows, like I said, go to Horn FM. Com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page there. Uh, and also, uh, you can uh, catch up with uh, some of our coverage from the spring game is up there, too. No doubt. At hornfm.com. Because uh, Craig Way, of course, uh, the man behind the scenes, has some of those interviews. You go catch up uh, some of our spring game coverage up there as well. All right. Uh, our man Glenn Davis is coming up next with Soccer Matters. He's going to tell you. I hope he tells us what in the heck is going on with the Austin FC. Another game where they controlled the pitch in the match. And guess what? They tied. They tied to Vancouver, which is putting them way down in the West. Not a good look. They're ninth right now. They are ninth, which is not a good look from a team that was playing in the playoffs last year. 
But LAFC is still balling as always. Western Conference Finals. There you go. Right? I don't season. even want to bring it up. Yeah, don't bring that I up. I want to make it just sound like playoffs. <laughs> yeah. All right. Remember the revolution will not be televised. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.